Well, once again, let's uh, uh, look into God's Word in the epistle of First Peter, chapter number 5, and we'll only uh, probably be de uh, dealing with the first four verses this morning, but uh, let me remind you that uh, uh, the reason that uh, uh, last Sunday Russ preached on uh, uh, the qualifications for an elder, and this morning the reason I'm going to be preaching on the characteristics of a faithful elder is because we are, uh, uh, we believe under the leadership of the Lord, uh, putting art forward as uh, to be considered as an elder of the church. And he's been doing the work of an elder now for uh, all the time he's been here. He just uh, kind of stepped into the deep end of the pool when he got here, right? And uh, so uh, we're thankful uh, for him, and we just want to uh, make all these things clear from God's Word. And uh, so uh, that's the reason that we have chosen this passage of Scripture this morning. And so let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer once again and seek His enabling. Oh, listen, it, words... The Word of God it, in itself is powerful, but I must wield it in the power of the Holy Spirit. It would be like uh, trying to chop down a tree with a dull axe if I weren't anointed and enabled by the Spirit of God. And so let's, uh, let's pray. Oh Lord, once again, I come to you empty-handed. It seems I always must come that way. I have nothing to offer. We come to seek your face, to seek your anointing, to seek your blessing and your smile on the exposition of your word this morning. I pray that you would open each of our hearts and cause us to hear and understand your word for your glory. And may we be obedient to it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So, if you remember when we went through the uh, epistle uh, several I guess a couple of years ago now, this uh, uh, epistle Peter wrote to some people, and you can find uh, the people to whom he wrote the epistle in verse number one of chapter number one. Uh, but he was writing to a people covering a large area uh, in an area that is uh, roughly around the uh, area of Turkey right now. And uh, so there was, uh, this was a pretty large area. And there were no doubt a lot of people that uh, he had in mind as he wrote this letter. And he wrote to them with this understanding that it cost something to be a Christian. 
to profess the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter knew that these people to whom he was writing were people who were going to suffer for their faith. There is the suffering that's common to man, and we all deal with that. And there's suffering that comes through conflicts with other people. And then there's suffering that comes when you profess the Lord Jesus Christ. There's suffering that comes just because you're a Christian. And Peter was writing to them about that. But listen, Peter never told them how to get out of it. His purpose in writing to them was not to tell them, if you have faith in God, you won't have to endure things like this. If you have faith in God, if you speak it, you can have it. If you have faith in God, you can, you can uh, speak your blessings and they'll be yours. He didn't say that. What Peter tried to or was uh, telling them, encouraging them to understand was that they had a responsibility as children of God to react in a certain way to suffer. Right? Not that there was a way to get out of it, but that there was a responsibility as a Christian to react to it. And he always did this. I, I don't know if you, uh, I don't remember how we uh, uh, talked about this while we were going through 1 Peter, but if you notice reading through 1 Peter, he always bookends everything he says by by this, he, he's saying, you know, this is, you're going to suffer these things and this is how you should react. But he always does it like this. Jesus suffered, so you're going to suffer. And the other end is there's coming a day when the suffering will be over. Isn't that good? Isn't that encouraging? And, uh, and so every time he talks about suffering, he kind of bookends it like that. Jesus suffered, and one day the suffering will be over, and we'll see him face to face. And so, uh, he concludes his letter here in chapter number 5, and uh, the first word of verse 1 in chapter 5 is so, which is a connecting word, and he's Connecting it to these things that he's talking about. If you started in verse number 12 of the previous chapter, you would see that this is exactly what he's doing. He's, he's saying, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when, not if, but when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. He said, you ought to rejoice. <laughs> the next word, rejoice. But rejoice insofar you're sharing Christ's sufferings. That you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. See that? See, he always puts Christ's sufferings. And then on the other end of it, one of these days... The suffering will be over. 
and the glory of Christ will be unveiled. And as his glory is unveiled, we will be caught up in that glory and unveiled as his people. And so he says, so in light of all this, I exhort, I charge, I remind, I urge the elders among you. So he's got a message for elders. Elders. Elders uh, in this context, now the word elder can, uh, can actually just mean an older person, older than someone else. But in this context, he's referring to the office of elder in a church. Elders of a church. And uh, he is, and there's a, a great history of the use of the word elders that you can study. You can go back into the Old Testament, the Old Covenant and uh, study about how the word elder is used and how that in the uh, Greek translation of the Old Testament, how that that uh, uh, word is used and it's brought up into the New Testament. There's in the uh, Gospels, there's uh, uh, the use of the word elders. It's almost always plural. Sometimes it's singular, like if Peter were to be saying, I'm an elder, which he does in this passage of Scripture. But uh, most of the time, it is a in the plural form. But uh, here, what he means is those who are to be leaders in the church, they are to be pastors. They are the people who are to feed the church. They're the people who are to... Uh, oversee the church. They are the men who have the responsibility of preaching the word of God. That's how you feed the flock, right? And uh, and so this is a a very important word, uh, especially in the context uh, in which we are. Uh, making our plans as, uh, as Faith Reformed Baptist Church. And so he says, I exhort those elders, those men who are, have the responsibility to preach the word of God, to feed the flock, to lead the flock, to uh, oversee the flock, and to discipline the flock. This is the work of an elder. Uh, but uh, as Peter talks about this, as Peter uses this uh, uh, term here, he does not exhort them or command them in the sense of his apostleship, but he humbles himself and he comes alongside them. Right? He comes alongside them and he says, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder. 
And so he is uh, coming alongside them and he is identifying himself also as an elder, elder, one who has the responsibility of caring for the sheep. One who has the responsibility of feeding the flock, tending the flock. Where did he get this idea that he was an elder? I thought he was a, an apostle. Where does he get the idea that he's an elder? I bet you already know, don't you? John chapter 21. John chapter 21. We can see where Peter gets this, this thing of being a pastor. And this is another word. Pastor is, uh, is the same thing. Listen to what uh, listen to what Jesus says to Peter in John chapter twenty one. When he had finished verse fifteen, excuse me. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. <coughs> he said to him, Tend my sheep. Again, this is that work of a shepherd. It's Taking care, not just feeding, but taking care of the sheep. Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So Peter is one who is called <coughs> to be an elder as well as an apostle. And he says that he is exhorting the elders among them as a fellow elder. And as a witness of the sufferings of Christ. So, first of all, he <coughs> exhorts as an elder, as a fellow elder, and as a witness of the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter's saying this, that uh, he has seen Jesus on the cross. He saw the suffering, he was there during the trial. You know his uh, 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 failure there, his denial of the Lord Jesus during that time. And, uh, but he was fully aware of the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he is one who can bear eyewitness testimony to the suffering of Christ. 
but not only uh, is he a witness as far as being one who has seen it, but Peter is going to be a witness, one who is going to give testimony to the point of dying for that testimony. Even the word witness here is the word from which we get uh, the word martyr. And so Peter uh, is not only talking about the fact that he has watched the crucifixion of Jesus, that he has seen the suffering of Christ, but he's also a participator in the suffering of Christ <coughs> as a witness and as a martyr. And he says that uh, he is also a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Or, the uh, I think uh, I, I read that the, uh, the order of the Greek uh, here is the soon-to-be-revealed glory. He is a partaker. In other words, he is looking toward that day when Jesus comes in the clouds of glory and is unveiled as the king of glory and he receives his people to himself and destroys this wickedness on this world. And sin will actually be no more. <clears throat> and he says that... Uh, Here's what he is. So we've talked about how he is exhorting them. He's exhorting them as a fellow elder, as a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and as a partaker in the glory that's going to be revealed. And then he here's what he is exhorting them to do, to shepherd to tend, to take care of, to feed the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge but being examples to the flock. So let's just kind of uh, look at these words before we uh, uh, get to uh, making some applications. But he's saying that the shepherd, they should shepherd the flock of God that is among them, taking the oversight and there to do this, not under compulsion, but willingly. It's not like it's something that uh, uh, they're not to treat it as something that they just have to do. I have to preach today. Oh, wow, it's going to be tough. I have to preach. And he's reminding them, listen, he's reminding them that this is what they are called to do. This is their calling. This is their ministry. And, and here's something that we need to remember that shepherds or uh, elders, they suffer too. 
You hear me? You know, uh, elders suffer in the sense that uh, they're people too, right? So those afflictions that are common to man, uh, elders have those things too. <coughs> elders also have those conflicts in life that uh, with other people that uh, everyone has. Sometimes you just can't... Uh, you just can't make some people happy, you know. And then elders also have the uh, uh, conflict of battling for the name of Christ. Standing true for their faith when they're under attack. They can be under attack physically or, you know, and personally. And they can be under attack spiritually as well. Have you ever felt like you're under attack? And, and those things happen, but what Peter is saying to the elders is, listen, no matter what's going on in your life, you have a responsibility to keep on keeping on. <clears throat> As I was studying and meditating on this, I, I fell under conviction myself because I've had a few little things that have popped up in my life and I've said, I just can't, I, I just need a break. But you know what Peter is saying? Listen, you've got a responsibility. You've been called. God has placed this calling upon you. And the church has recognized that calling. And you have been appointed as an elder, as a pastor, as a caretaker of the flock, as an overseer of the flock. And they're suffering too. And they need an elder. They need elders. And so he's <coughs> reminding them of this. That they are to uh, shepherd the uh, flock. That they are to feed, pastor the flock, tend the flock that is among them. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, not for not uh, saying, uh, <clears throat> you know, I wish I could uh, wish I could get a raise. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's it, it is amazing how uh, if you get around people in a higher, uh, circle way up here circle of ministry that I'm not in and uh, neither of these guys are in and I'm pretty sure Brett's not in <laughs> but uh, there is uh, a, a circle of uh, ministry where uh, they talk about the package that a church will offer them I don't know whether I can afford to go there or not. I'm not trying to be boastful. I'm just going to tell you, honestly, I have never, ever in my ministry, when I have been called 
or asked to come uh, or to consider taking a pastorate, I have never said, how much do you pay? Why would you, why, I don't get it. But you see, that's the way some people are. I have had friends. I know a, I knew a guy that pastored down in Rockledge and, and I, I was so embarrassed by him. He would do anything to connive some money out of somebody. He would, he would, he would swindle. He would do anything to get money, and he was a Baptist pastor. But this is something that God is not pleased with, and I, I'm thankful that, uh, <clears throat> that we don't have that. In this case, we do not have that kind of a situation. <clears throat> we have a, a man that we're considering that is not, uh, he hadn't even asked to be an elder. He hadn't asked to get any money. He just said, what needs to be done? And started doing it. Matter of fact, he didn't even ask. <laughs> he just started, he just saw what needed to be done and, and started doing it. And, <clears throat> and so it's not uh, by compulsion. <clears throat> it was willingly. And uh, it was not for shameful gain, but uh, eagerly. I think we can say he is eager, can't, can't we? And, uh, and not domineering over those in your charge. Again, as an independent Baptist, you would be surprised at the, uh, the quote-unquote pastors who are so so set on themselves and their authority that they want people to, you know, they wouldn't tell you to bow to them, but but spiritually and emotionally and morally, you, about, you just about have to bow to their will about everything. I'm the leader here. You're the follower. You're the sheep. You don't tell me. I tell you, well, that's, that's not the way God wants us to do. And this is what Peter is saying here. He's saying not domineering, not trying to be the Baptist Pope, not domineering over those in your charge. He's again talking about the sheep. That's the ones in their charge. But being examples to the flock. When you lead, lead by example. If you want them to do something, show them that you can do it yourself. And that you're willing to do it yourself. Don't expect others to visit if you won't visit. Don't expect others to pray if you don't pray. Don't expect others to, uh, to set their... Uh, affections and their attentions on the word of God if you don't if that's not uh, the thing that where your mind is focused and where your life and your heart is focused then it won't be for them either <clears throat> don't expect 
others to do things that you won't do. And then he says, and when the chief shepherd appears, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, well, let me stop right there. Going too far. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And so again, here he is pointing to that time when all the suffering will be over, all the labor will be over. I'm talking about the labor as far as pastoring and, and uh, preparing and all those things. We will serve him in glory. We will serve him in heaven. But there's going to be a change and we won't be battling sin. We won't be battling our own flesh. We won't be having those, uh, 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 those times of suffering. And we will see him face to face. And those are the things that Peter is saying to the elders. And so what we see here is characteristics of a faithful elder. Let me make a couple of applications. I'm I'm sorry. I've just uh, <clears throat> I can't write, so I'm just rambling on. So uh, a couple of applications here. First of all, we need elders. We need elders. The re uh, and you say, well, my goodness, you know, it's a, such a small congregation. And uh, you're going to have three elders. That's okay. The word, as I said earlier, is almost always in the plural form. And when it refers to the churches, <clears throat> it is in the plural form. If you will look with me in the <clears throat> book of Acts, chapter number 20, listen to this, Acts chapter 20, verse number 17, as a matter of fact, just flip over there and look at it, let's, let's just all look at it, now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the, say it with me, elders, plural, Elders of the church to come to him. Now, flip over to James chapter number 5. Verse number 14. <clears throat> Do you find it? Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders... Plural of the church. There is to be a plurality of elders. It seems to me that it is very uh, clear in Scripture, <clears throat> although it doesn't specifically say thou shalt have more than one elder in your congregation, it's very <clears throat> clear to me that the intention was that the church have a 
plurality of elders, more than one. And there's several reasons for that, but uh, uh, one of the reasons is that according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, everybody doesn't have the same gift or the same way of administering or uh, uh, showing that gift. <clears throat> so, you've got different personalities, you've got different histories, backgrounds, and uh, <clears throat> and and so there's different styles of speaking, and so it's it's good to have these different aspects, these different pictures. As a matter of fact, if you remember uh, the first four chapters in the New Testament are the four Gospels written by four different men, and they treat <clears throat> pretty much the same subject, but they, they give us a different perspective, each one of them. And so that's one of the reasons why we need a plurality of elders. Another reason is that things happen like car wrecks and motorcycle accidents. <clears throat> They do. And uh, it, it's good that there's someone that doesn't have to say, well, I don't know. I haven't prayed and studied in, in six months, so I don't know if I can preach or not. It's, it's good to have somebody there. It, <clears throat> and let me say this. Here's another application. We need elders, men, because... They understand us. <laughs> we don't need angels to be our pastors, do we? Listen, listen to what uh, uh, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter number 5. And, and he's, he, he's not uh, dealing with this subject specifically. Where is Hebrews? Is that in the New Testament? Hebrews chapter 5 now. Listen. The writer of Hebrews here is talking about priest and how that it's necessary for the priest who minister before God for men to be men. He says, For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward. We need men to be elders because only men can understand what it's like to be men. Right? They make, they don't make mistakes. We sin. <laughs> Just like everybody else, we fail. We come short of the glory of God. We do make mistakes, but sometimes we just outright sin and we have to repent every once in a while too, don't we? We have to go before the Lord and repent. Listen to, listen to what he says. <coughs> he can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. 
because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. So, uh, that's, uh, again, he, he's talking about a priest, not an elder, but, uh, but the principle is still the same. We need elders, we need men who can be, uh, can come alongside us. I remember, and and this is a uh, a uh, a point of humility, and Peter is very uh, intent upon making sure that they're uh, they understand the necessity of humility, but uh, but he, you know, we we are people who come alongside the flock. We're not people who are above the flock. We are from among the flock, right? And uh, I remember when uh, <clears throat> I was working with the mission agency a few years ago, we had <clears throat> a, uh, a missionary who was going to, he was seeking to go and work with a people group that had no gospel witness at all. And so we were interviewing. And he said, you know, I don't intend to go there as somebody that has all the answers. I intend to go there as someone who has the gospel of Jesus Christ who is still growing in his faith. And I want to preach the gospel to them and grow along with them. I thought that's pretty good. Well, let me think. I think I've got another application or two. If I can remember it. Peter also, uh, as we said, he talks about uh, humility in several uh, places here. He says, uh, uh, likewise, verse 5, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. And so here he comes back to using the uh, the uh, age difference and he says uh, uh, you who are younger be subject to the older ones and then he says clothe yourselves all of you with humility toward one another for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble you cannot Minister to the people of God out of a heart of pride, from a place of pride. And the way this thing is set up, the way God, I believe, intends it, and the way our confession teaches it, is that God places his hand on a man, and God begins to work in that man's heart, he begins to grow and mature 
and that's a key word, grow and mature in the things of God. He begins to learn more and more of the scripture and is sound in the faith. And he begins to have this burning in him. And, uh, and But he doesn't come up and say, hey, 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 won't you let me take over a service every once in a while? Won't you let me do the preaching and teaching? <clears throat> He'll wait until the church recognizes that there's a calling on him. And when the church recognizes that there's a calling on him, the elders will, uh, or the church will, uh, will vote on him, and then the elders will lay hands on him. So that's the, that's the way it works. We've had people come through here that say, hey, y'all are, are not paying attention to me like you should. You're not giving me this uh, place that I ought to have because I'm smarter than all of you. I'm glad that uh, Art's not that kind of guy. I'm thankful that we have uh, someone that we can tell that God's hand is on him. He is a faithful man and he is willing to, uh, to work hard in order to care for the flock. There's just a number of things that uh, uh, would like to share, a number of things we'd like to talk about, but uh, uh, that's... Uh, that's enough for right now. A faithful elder. One who is a humble man. One who has been to Calvary. One who has been to the mountaintop with Jesus. One who <clears throat> sets his his uh, sights and his course by the word of God and one who's looking for that great day when Jesus comes. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you'd just take these scattered thoughts and or just make them something that uh, could be usable and helpful for your people. In Jesus name.